This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, we continue with the This Matters series with a message entitled, Family Matters. Today, we'll learn to live with purpose as a family. Let's join Dr. Nate Roosh right now. The title of today's message is Family Matters. Say that with me. Family Matters. Now, I grew up, and uh, I am the oldest of three siblings, and I'm the oldest. My sister's two and a half years younger than me, and my brother's six years younger than me. And uh, as I grew up, I, my world was the only world I knew. I, that was normal. Uh, we grew up, and I lived in four different states, 21 different houses, and uh, we moved around a lot. There were a lot of changes that occurred in our life, but that's all I ever knew. I mean, no, when you grow up in the family that you grow up in, you don't know any different. It's just, that's normal. Until there's a time when you get older, you start noticing other people and other things and how much money other people have and stuff that they've got and you don't have it or stuff you have and they don't have. And, and you, you look at other families and you notice that there are different configurations of families. But for all of us, we all have a family of origin. I've got a picture of a family tree. And uh, in the family tree, you all have a family tree of some sort. Uh, but there can be in that family tree great-grandparents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, uh, siblings, and those kind of things. But basically, it kind of shows the greater uh, set of ancestry that we have. And, and you could write out your own. Some of us have really intense, deep ones. Some people are going hardcore with this on Ancestry.com, and they're throwing spit into some kind of tube and throwing it out in the mail, and they tell you where you're from, you know. And uh, I'm pretty sure I'm from Australia or Africa or North America or from Asia or from somewhere. I'm, some, I'm from somewhere. Um, and they, they tell you where you're from, and, uh, and there's, there's great value in diving into the, your family of origin and your story of where you came from and how you got to where you're at. And I just know this, that everyone has a tree. And uh, I'm thankful for the family of God because no matter who you are and where you're from, all of us are adopted into the family of God, amen? But when we look back at our stories, we can remember our, our, our experiences and uh, we can think about how we got where we are. You see, there is an influence to your tree into your life. That tree influences you. Uh, there's nature and then there's nurture. Nature would be things that are like physical attributes, your your bone structure, your height. Of course, I've seen, I've seen really smart parents with not so smart kids. And I've seen, really, I've seen really not smart parents with really smart kids, so I don't know how that works out. But I, I also know that, that, that we have these physical attributes that we have. Some people are more athletically gifted than others, and, and uh, we, we all have, we receive that nature part of it. And then there's the nurture part. You know, every family has a culture. Culture is the way we do things around here. And when you grow up, what's right, what's wrong in a family, you can really discover it if you get married. Because when you do something that the other person's family, that was wrong, and for your family it was right, how many know cultures collide sometimes? And, uh, and we have these cultures that we're kind of trained on, on success. What is success? Is success getting a lot of money, a lot of education, a lot of notoriety? Is it... Is it um, serving other people? Is it accumulating a lot of applause from people? What is it? You know, and parents kind of reinforce that as they raise their children. I 
what's important to the parents becomes important to the family. So you have to be in sports or you have to be in fine arts or you have to do whatever and that becomes kind of the bar for success in your culture. And uh, it, it is what it is. Whatever your cultural background, how you handle money, how you handle relationships, how you fight. Oh, come on, that's a good one. I mean, how did you fight growing up? Did your family uh, fight it out together? Or did you like gossip behind that person's back when you were growing up? Uh, how was conflict resolution becomes a part of this? And combos of relationships coming together can have a big impact. The reality is both nature and nurture are a part of our influence on our family tree. And, and I want you to know it has a real impact. All of us have this nature-nurture aspect and that habits are formed out of that. I can tell you on the nurture side, I'm really grateful for my parents. They made me go to church all the time. It's not popular today to go to church every week anymore. It seems like other things kind of pop up and my parents made me go to church all the way through elementary school, all the way through middle and high school. And I know when I was in middle school and high school, I was like, I don't want to go today. I mean, teenagers have a mind of their own sometimes. And I don't want to go to church. And, and uh, they made me go. And I, I, I look back and I think of the accumulation of my experiences in the presence of God. Hearing the word, and regularly experiencing, seeing people serve and love together in a church and not be perfect. But there was something about that journey that influenced my worldview today. And I want to just say to you, it is a good idea to, for your kids' sake, if you're a parent, keep coming to church every week if you can. You have no idea the long-term impact for it. And for every person, family truly does matter. It doesn't matter your stage of life or what you're walking through. Family matters. Your past plays into your present. It really does. Your past will play into your present. It doesn't condemn you. But it is something to think about and acknowledge. Secondly, your present family is not to be ignored. You know, sometimes when it's uncomfortable or awkward, we just don't want to think about it, we don't want to talk about it, so we push it out. But biblically speaking, in your relationship with God, it's not something to be ignored, it's something to think about. And then the th third thing I would just say about it, your family of origin is that it, your future, you must learn to live with purpose in our families. You need to think in terms of how am I going to live in the future? I need to bring purpose into that part of the story. Well, I want to look at what the Bible has to say about it, specifically in Genesis chapter 12. Will you turn there with me? In Genesis chapter 12, Abram is this historical figure that God is going to speak to. And Abram's got his own backstory. He was, a, he was a not serving God. This is the first Yahweh conversation, the God of Israel, as we know today, with Abram. God intervenes in his story. How many know you all have a, a, an opportunity for a fresh start today? No matter what our family's origin are, no matter where we're at in our story, we have an opportunity for a fresh start, just like Abram. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, Abram in the New Testament is known as the father of faith. He's known as this amazing, miraculous, historical figure. 
But I don't want you to think, man, he's so far different than me that whatever God does in Abram's life, there's no way he would do it in mine. Because the reality is, Abram's got a backstory. And if you look at the scripture, you'll see in the book of Genesis a whole lot of dysfunction, family dysfunction. Abram had a pattern of lying that passed to his son and then to his grandsons. How many of you know lying's not a good thing to pass on? And it actually, the lying actually created disruption, dysfunction in his family. People fought because of that part of his character. His family had big reality TV level breakups in his family. I'm talking Ishmael and Isaac. And uh, Ishmael was sent out to, uh, away from the family. I can't even imagine if that were like on reality TV who I would be siding with at the moment and the emotions of it. And, and then you have his, his grandkids, Esau and Jacob, that had their own tribes and they were in conflict. There was almost war breaking out between hundreds of people. And these were his grandkids. So we're talking about pretty crazy stuff. And I, I, I'm using Abram today because I wanna give you hope. Because when you think about your own story, maybe we tend to look at and know our own dysfunctions, our own inadequacies, and, and, and then we think about what will God do in our story, we might opt out and th- we have no hope. We're flawed material. We're broken down. We're, we're, we're not able to do what the Bible says. But I want you to catch that God shows and allows us to see snapshots of broken, dysfunctional families at the beginning of Genesis so that we can have hope for our own story. Just like in the scripture, you will see from Genesis to Revelation, a new story develop as the years go by. Because here we see there's problems, there's multiple wives, uh, Joseph and Jacob and all of that family. There was like stepbrothers and sisters all over the place because dad had multiple wives and concubines and all kinds of stuff and you're thinking, Whoa, is that the biblical model for marriage? No, by the way, it's not. But what you see is over time, there's, a, there's revelation that comes in. And God is patient because he's allowing individuals and families to adjust to the kingdom way. They grew up in a different universe. They grew up much like some of you grew up today, and you're just learning this Christianity thing. You're trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus but you grew up in 2019 America, and what is marriage? Nobody knows, it's kind of all over the map. And, and what, are, what is gender? Whatever anybody thinks it is. And now everybody's saying everything. How do you have some form of kind of rational truth to build your house on, your future on? Well, don't you know in the Bible, there's allowances for people just like you. But as you begin to follow Jesus, He drops new revelation in. And by the time you get to the New Testament, all of a sudden you discover it's it's okay to have one wife. It's better to have just one, okay? And, And he's saying this is the way healthy families can form. And you see in the New Testament, the kind of the culmination of the Old Testament into the New Testament, through Jesus, we can discover a different way, a Jesus way, if you will. And as we discover that, there's hope in the future. And there is hope in your future as well. There's hope hope for all of us. 
you need to see that God progressively helps bring healthy function to a dysfunctional world. And as you move through the Bible, there are new revelations, and some of those things early humanity experienced changed when God introduced a better way. And once the revelation hits you, you don't go backward. Here's the point. Even in your own story, you're not living just for you. You're actually living for generations to come. And you're going to move just like Abram. He says in in Genesis 12, the Lord told Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So no matter your history, as you follow God, you have to leave what you know as you follow him. Doesn't mean that you disown your family of origin. Just you get rid of the stuff that you don't want to carry forward. You don't want to bring into your future. It means that historical family can't stop you from moving into the plan that God has for your life. And there are many things in your family tree that you don't want to carry forward. And whatever you do, you need to do it with purpose. Do it on purpose. Moving takes planning and effort. And whatever you're going to do, there's a destination that God is leading you towards. He's leading you and your family uh, toward blessing and the land that God is going to show you. And it requires following his voice. And if we travel there, we won't immediately get there. we just got to listen to his voice step by step. His voice, his word, is a map, a road map for our family destiny. He leads us into the blessing of true love. He leads us into favor and grace. He leads us into peace and wholeness. He leads us into his protection, care, and provision. He leads us into healing and reconciliation. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Come on, somebody. He leads us into good things. But spirituality is not just an individual thing. In America, we have an issue. One of our issues in America is we've made everything personal. And when it comes to faith, faith isn't just personal, especially when it comes to family. The family that you have influence over, the family of influence with, maybe not over, but with. That spirituality, you need to think beyond your own life and think about the spheres of influence that you have in your life. There's a household of faith mentality in the scripture, and you can see it best in Joshua 24. When Joshua looks to the whole nation of Israel who had a choice of what they were gonna do, and he says this, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve God. The Lord. Say that with me. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. In other words, there's a lot of different ideas. You can do family however you want. You can Google it up. You can watch YouTube videos on how to do family and what's important and what values are. But I'm guaranteeing the best way for your family to make it is to follow what's in this book. To follow the Bible. And you have a choice. You have a choice not just for me. But me and my family, we are going to choose to serve the Lord. We're going to make steps in that direction. So let me give you just some quick thoughts on this today, and you can unpack it more in the groups this week that you're in. How to lead your family in the pursuit of God's voice and his blessing. How to lead your family in the pursuit of God's voice. And How many of you want God's voice and blessing on your life? 
So let's consider how that plays out in the family. First of all, make God's voice a priority in your home. Make God's voice a priority in your home. Make God's voice a priority in your home. You know, I think that sometimes Alexa has heard more than God's voice in our homes. I think that there are other things coming at us in the context of our homes. And I just would say this, you're not gonna get away from all those things, but you better make room for God's voice. And to consider how are we going to create an environment where we can hear his voice, not just in church on Sunday, but what about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday? In the normal everyday rhythm of life, how are we going to instruct and bring God's voice into the story? How are we going to listen to him? And I, I would just encourage you to consider that in the spheres of influence that you have. It could be with your roommates. It could be with the family that you have if you're married. It could be if you're single and you're at home, anybody that comes in contact with you in your sphere of influence, but especially when, you have, and when it comes to kids. How many of you have kids? You have children, all right? I want you to consider what they're experiencing. Making room for God's voice in the story. Listening for them. If you're, you're listening for him, something good can happen. I love, I love what Hebrews chapter 10 says. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, many people will just preach this in the context of a church gathering, which is church family, but I want you to consider how can I think of ways where me and my family can meet with God together? How many know there are seven days in a week, one of them you're in church? How can God come into that space? How can we provide that opportunity for him to come into that space? Well, I would just say this. One of the things you consider as a parent is you could pause and you could say, you know what? Every single day before we go to bed, we can read the Bible and we can pray with our kids. How many of you have ever done that? At the end of the day, how many know kids are never ready to go to sleep? If you give them something else to do, they'll take it. So you can read the Bible. One of the things that we used to do with kids in our story um, when our kids were younger, is we would read a book to them. Now, I, I picked all kinds of books. I, my older two, I pushed them even further. I did a book by Frank Peretti, Piercing the Darkness, with a second and third grader. Come on. That's, that was all about spiritual warfare. But I'll tell you what, when I would read, I would read it, and I would get into it. And I would do the same thing with the Bible. Because when you can pull out the Bible, and you can read the story, you could talk about Daniel and the lion's den. Can you imagine being there right now? It isn't about just what the story is. It's about how you read it and how you make it important. You make it exciting. You make it important for people uh, to experience the truth of the kingdom of God and the family of God. Make God's voice a priority in your home. Secondly, take time to talk and process faith together. Make time to talk and process faith together. Now, this seems really close to number one, but it's actually not. 
because it involves space to listen. You know the number one family building value is listening? When you can pause and hear what's really going on in the heart of another, to see what's going on. Have you ever noticed when somebody's bothered and in your family situation, when they're bothered, what do they do? They pick at people, they kick the dog, what do they, what do, they do? What is it that happens? What if instead of saying, what's the matter, you can say, hey, what are you experiencing? How, you looked a little bummed, you okay? Now if you're talking to a teenager, this is a skill. I just want you to know, teenagers, this is like spoiler alert for all of you that got little kids or elementary, they aren't gonna be the same when they become teenagers. It's, it changes because they begin to think about thinking. Now it's not just what mom and dad say is truth, now it's about what's going on in their own mind, what they're hearing their peers say. And so it takes a special skill to provide an environment to, to listen and be ready when they're ready to talk. And to develop a rhythm, how do you work with each kid? Each of our, our kids are four sons. Each of them were different from the other. I had to do things differently with each of them in order for them to process, and not just process spiritual things, but process life in general. And by the way, when you lean in and let them talk about what's really on their mind, they'll give you an opening to talk about spiritual things. But if all you wanna do is talk about spiritual things and not listen to the real world, you aren't gonna get in with them. So you gotta learn to navigate and appreciate the person, not just the content of what is being talked about. Can I get an amen to that? And all of us have awkward spaces in our family, don't we? It's just awkward. Well, what if we refused to avoid the awkward and we leaned in and we took time to talk and process faith together? In a busy world, this is a fight. So I wanna encourage you to schedule it out. Don't let it just come and hit you when it's time because you'll miss months, perhaps years. Number three, be willing to move or change from unhealthy to healthy. Be willing to move or change from unhealthy to healthy. Now, in this story, you see Abram, and God's intervening, and he says, I want you to go. I'm gonna do something if you go. But he had to be willing to leave the comfort of what he knew to turn and chase what God was calling him to do. And when it comes to family relationships, it's important for us to be willing to not just lean into the comfort of the old. Did you know we can get comfortable with dysfunction? We can get comfortable with it. And so when God begins to whisper into our soul a different way, we need to be willing to change, be willing to move, to be willing to go where God is calling us to do. Forgiveness is required to move. So when it comes to change, forgiveness is required to move. Matthew chapter six, verse 14. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Whoo! Forgiveness is a big deal. And let me just say this. Everybody put your notes down and look this way for a sec. Sit up straight if that helps. <laughs> I want you to consider something. All the pain that you've experienced prior to today, hurt, you know, the people the closest to us have the most potential to hurt us. All that hurt, if we don't learn to forgive and release those people, 
It will impact the relationships we have moving forward. So we have to deal with the forgiveness issue. Doesn't mean forgetting it. Sometimes counseling helps or taking steps that will help you with that. But I encourage you, deal with those things. Because if you don't forgive, God's not going to allow you to be released. And by the way, we don't give him access to our hearts. If we're holding on to stuff, but we want our hearts to love more and be, be, be more connected to the family we have, we're in trouble because we're not letting God help us out. I've seen so many people that have held on to grudges. Their dad, they hate their dad still, or they hate their mom still, or they hate their siblings still. And they've hold on, held on to that grudge for so long that it becomes a part of them, and then they become what they despise. It grows in them so much they don't even realize it. Until they forgive, they can't be the person that they dream to be. So, number four, be future-minded. Be future-minded. Who's in your family today? How are you helping them prepare for the future? I want you to think broader than just the present context and think longer. Proverbs 22.6, it says this, Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. You're only setting up direction. They have the choices to make. So whatever you're giving them for direction right now determines who they'll be later on. It doesn't mean that you control them and they're robots and they do everything that you want them to do. It just simply means that we're allowing them to get the right direction, providing the right context. As parents, we are stewards of our children, and our job is to equip them for the future and to teach them to depend on God, not on us. Let me just pause right here to consider. Some of you right now, you're like, well, I'm not a parent, Pastor Nate. You're just talking to other people, not me. But the truth is, all of us steward our present into the future. And so if you're a young adult right now, you're a college student, you might be a high school student, and you're like, Family, I want you to consider your family relationships right now. Maybe you've pushed away as a young adult from your parents because you didn't want them to control you, but maybe you need to step back in and have a relationship with them again. Or perhaps you've got a group of friends that really have become your family, and you need to think in terms of the future for them. Not just measure how they make you happy in the present, but consider where are they going over the next 10 years of their life. I love what... God says to Abram, there's a blessing that comes when we do look, look into the future and follow him. He says, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.